Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Welcome to Karate Without Belts. I am John, and I am joined by the illustrious... Jeremy. Yeah, I'm back again. So. Back again. How are we feeling this week, Jeremy? Uh, not too bad. Just, just been really, really, really busy. So. Right on. Right on. More uh, Ozark landlording? Yeah, I mean... Um, yeah, critters are starting to come out of the woodwork. I had uh, so I had either a mouse or a rat or a chipmunk get up into one of my air conditioning units and eat all the wiring out of it. So I had to get that repaired. You know, I, you know, for some reason, you know, some you know, renters don't like to uh, go into a house with no air conditioning when it's like 98 degrees and 150 percent humidity so it's kind of so yeah that was an unexpected expense but well I'll, I'll take i'll take it over a new compressor so yeah you know well, have I, you been able to use the the raccoon harpoon much lately <laughs> no 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 raccoon harpoons yet so no, haven't haven't had to do that haven't had to chase any raccoons off it's, it's either foxes or mice or chipmunks lately so it's like come on yeah. Throw a sigh or two at him. I'm thinking about like an M80, something like that. That sounds pretty good. Of course. One of us is yeah. broadcasting from from a small island in South Japan. One of us is broadcasting from a heartland of America. Hey, just, Guess just which one can get it, can get their hands on a rifle? Answer, yeah. both. <laughs> hey, just, just a fun fact. I mean, Missouri is the leading leading state slash territory for uh, fireworks and explosions so it's kind of well what's funny is everyone says like there's no guns in japan there's no guns in japan not true you yes. can get hunting you can get hunting guns because we have wild boar and other like wild animals and stuff you can go after the rules around it are much more strict but yeah it, it, it's a thing <laughs> it's not here so i uh, know i wouldn't imagine all- it's all too, good. Too much money. What's been going on with training with you lately? It's been slow, but I mean, getting back into it after the hamstring pull. So it, it's been going pretty good. Working more isometric stuff. Working on katas, doing like slow stretching while I'm doing katas. It's kind of a different way to train kata, but it, I mean, it's still good. So You can never underestimate the isometric work within kata. I think no. a lot of people want want to kind of blast through a kata or whatever, but you can never underestimate that type of work. I, I tell you what, I get more more power out of doing it from isometrics than I do trying to blast through something. So it, it's a shame that people don't really get into that much in terms of kata training. I I myself am guilty of not spending a lot of time on that. Because I normally when I do a kata set or I'll do like some kata, I'll normally want to try to drill something. Yeah. But I gotta because I'm losing space unfortunately within the next couple of weeks from a move. I'm gonna have to learn to do that a little more. Plus snow. Hey, snow training's good. Snow training isometric kata. Well, I mean, isometric kata in the snow goes a little bit faster, so I'm just kind of just saying. There you go. Yeah, yesterday I did a 13k, about eight mile run, and then this morning the whole town had to get up. I got up at five, at 4:30. Everyone else got up at eight to do basically town cleaning. So everyone in the town gets up and goes and 
weeds and gardens and, and gets all the access stuff up. Like this happens every three months or whatever. Yeah. So, Interesting. Well, and it gets, you know, everyone just does their part and they don't have to worry about it for like three months after that. That's cool. Yeah. Everyone gets free water and whatnot. So better than, you know, having a supposed professional crew do it like every other week or whatever. And then that's just more more stuff you have to pay for rather than, you know, buy some water and get a couple trucks together for, you know, a couple hours and a couple days out of the year. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, so I'm pretty, I'm actually kind of beat from that. I guess one thing we can, we can go on from in continuity of this, of our recording, I'm going to keep this in continuity, so we're going to have a couple of different recordings coming up this week, so keep my own head on straight. We had mentioned briefly last week, you had mentioned briefly last week, a difference you noticed when you guys had moved from a less than up-to-code building, let's say, <laughs> yeah, that's one way to, put it. <laughs> to uh, a nicer venue, to a hotel, to do camps, to do seminars, to, yeah. to, get, to get a bunch of people together in an organization. And though I think the decision-making behind that is sound, I think you had brought up there was something lost in the middle there. And you had brought up to me that this would actually be a great idea to, to tackle today. And I think both in terms of not only you know, a wider seminar format, but also in terms of well, how does this affect your everyday training and how this affected both as, both as a community. So... I guess let's dive into that topic. Yeah. Um, because there's a, there's no one answer to it, I feel. But I feel that this this is kind of the the worm in the apple that it goes in a couple different directions. To start off, let's look at the let's look at it from a training perspective. We're just talking about karate. What are our needs? True. I mean I mean really all you really need is is just basically a designated space. And I mean, what I mean by designated, it doesn't have to be like a separate place, but just some place where you agree with whoever you're training with or even yourself that this is where you're going to train. There's a very specific mental aspect to that, because if you try to train in front of the TV, you can mentally train yourself to be like, all right, cheers is on. Time to start doing Nahachi Shodan. Yeah. Or those who in our audience who know what cheers is. So... <laughs> Sorry, I grew up with Cheers and Night Court and all those. So, yeah. I would be better off with doing it in front of Night Court. I mean, that's beside the point. But in kind of one of the things that I, I brought up while we were talking earlier is I think it's just kind of natural for martial artists in general, not just people in karate, but just in general, to continually look for some look how to do something better or how to make something better. Right. You know, and it's literally the history of it. And I, I think sometimes, sometimes when we think this is good, more is better. Well, maybe it's not, or look at it from a different perspective. Does it allow you to understand things better, quicker, faster, as opposed to the other way? And so that's kind of something that I've been, I don't know, really 
diving in mentally, you know, thinking about after our last podcast, I really thought about this. I wouldn't say it's a conflict, but it's like, I remember, you know, some of the, some of the seminars you go to and you're at a hotel setting, you have hotel rooms, you've got a lot of distractions from training as opposed to just out in the middle of a field and you're just doing outside blocks for 45 minutes to an hour. I mean, that's all you're doing. You're just doing this. Is it better to do one or the other? It's interesting you bring that point up because I've also been in a situation where we were stuck out in the middle of nowhere and it felt like less training got done. But that was more from an organizational perspective. But if we're talking from a sem- from a seminar perspective, from a from a getting everybody together and doing stuff, and that that can be based on who's running and whatnot. Right. But I feel that I've also been in the hotel arena and had the exact opposite experience, where that was actually I feel one of the better training weekends I'd ever had, is where we would get up eight o'clock in the morning, three hour session break for a little three-hour session, break for a little three-hour session, break for dinner. Maybe we were just chilling in the hotel lobby or whatever and then shooting the shit, working on stuff. Yeah. I've heard of legends of people doing uh, kumite within the hotel rooms. Maybe there was a little uh, alcohol involved with that. But, uh, yeah, I mean. It's never a smart thing to involve those two. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I don't think you're alone in this thought. But to try to help you articulate it or try to articulate it in a way that might be more general is that you have the center focus idea. You don't have anything else around. You don't have any distractions out of a, either a lack or a need as opposed to you know having resources mm-hmm. financially or yeah, generally it's just financially and having the resources to do the things that you want. Yeah. Right. So you, a great example would be, uh, I remember one school friend of ours, they wanted mats for the longest time, try to raise money for mats, try to get money, money together for mats. They wanted mats. They wanted to do rolls. They wanted to do throws and stuff like that. They were just a traditional karate school Mm -hmm. and just stuff kept coming up until the point where school had to close, but their whole goal was just getting mats. As opposed to another school I hadn't been a part of, where they had, mats, they had two they had two floors where you could do classes. One floor hat was just matted with those like big blue foam mats that you don't want to you can't really move all that well. You just yeah. like, put them down and they they're connected together. Yeah. And um, they had like kind of stereotypical gym mats from the bottom floor that they could pull out and do throws on. How very little these mats were actually utilized or even found even necessary in that school was was so meager so i feel that this is a conversation just also about resources than anything else and then i addressing wants and needs well i mean you know it's interesting bring something like that up i i think of you know people who uh kind of a example would be like oh i need a new car i need a new car why do you need a car new new car Oh well, I I just I like to be able to use Sirius XM or this or that or whatever else. Or I like the little cameras that it has on it, or I I like the fact I can play Mario Kart on the dashboard or whatever. You know, whatever. Why do you really need it? Is, is it a need or is it more of a want? And you know, it gets back to training. I mean, do you really need 
that hotel setting? Do you really need a convention center to to go through training and stuff? You know, do you need mats? Yeah. Do you really need mats? And even if you got them, how much would you be utilizing them? I can I can see the the real want to use mats to put more throws and groundwork into what you're doing. If there's right. legitimate reason for doing oh. that, 100 percent. And you, oh, absolutely. Don't, you don't want to screw people up and whatever. And having mats, they're easier. They tend to be easier to clean. They tend to be easier to you know take apart, break apart, and put back together. But I are you it. actually are you actually going to use them? That's the thing. And that's when if somebody says, "Well, are you really going to need? Are you really going to use them?" That means they have more resources. It's also like it also goes to knowledge, right? So we're talking about if we're talking about the people who are on the floor who are running, they need to know what they're doing. Uh, an idea that I had seen that happened to me was the instructor wanted us to get these fingerless mitts, these like white fingerless mitts that had like foam over the knuckles. Oh, they really weren't useful. Like we never used them. And in yeah. fact, no one used them. I never, I barely ever saw anybody use them. But he required everybody needs to buy these. Everyone needs to get these because these are going to be important for class. A year later, <laughs> maybe used them once. No. Now, if I want, if I want to give this guy the benefit of the doubt, I'm going to say he had he had an idea he didn't follow through with. I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say he just ripped everybody for about fifteen to twenty bucks. Yeah. Well, I, I remember going into into a school long, long. It's been a long time ago. Went into a school and they literally had an entire wall full of superitos. You know, I mean. Like, wow, you guys must really train hard with these. They're like, no, we've never used them. I mean, and I'm like, well, why do you have them? Well, they they say they're great training tools, but we don't know how to use them. I'm like, well, pick them up. I'm going to show you how to use them right now. You know, they're just like, really? I'm like, yeah. And so it's like, it's almost like you, you get the cart before the horse. Sometimes you need the cart before the horse, but. Sometimes you need a horse, and you don't know how to ride the horse, so you need to put the cart on so you actually have something to sit in. You know, it's it's not necessarily one or the other type deal in that regard. But it's like the you know going back to just the space issue, people struggle these days to get space. Yeah, used to never not it used to not be a a huge issue, but now with real estate being the way it is, at least in the states, people struggle with them, and this is why you get a lot this a lot of community centers that come together and stuff like that mm-hmm. i feel you can get just enough good training in those spaces as you could in the backyard you know backyard park type training i mean that's limited because of a you know space and whatnot you know i think you can get the quality of whatever you're trying to do done but if you need specific, specific equipment that's a different deal but if you're walking into a school like that where you have just a bunch of subodito or a bookend on the wall and literally no one knows how to use them that means the people who got got them i'm assuming those were just the schools to be yeah yeah just just a school and nobody had ever shown them how to use that design i think i know i know what you're talking about no i mean this was long oh okay long 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 time ago long okay that's even worse makes a little more sense because people were stu- people are also stupid with money um, well, there were times I mean, I mean i've got one training tool that 
I, I might have thrown it away finally. I, I just got tired of looking at it. And it looked like, I mean, there are some people that know how to use it, but it was like a, it was a heavy weighted tonbow. And you did all these exercises with this thing. But to get anybody to teach you anything out on this, everybody was very confused with it. Like, well, I mean, and I ended up knowing like two exercises with it. And I'm like, you know, I can do this with a regular tonbow. And, you know, maybe the extra weight is nice, but who cares, you know? And there, there were a couple things I got out of it, but for the most part, you know, you, you try to teach somebody to use it, even with those little exercises, and they'd work with it about two or three minutes. Like, man, this thing's heavy. I don't want to work with this anymore. So what's the point, you know? But, I mean, it, it goes back to as you're training and you're trying to improve yourself, is there a certain point where if you're trying to improve yourself, you're actually hurting yourself? Well, and it's like progress in the wrong direction when also defeated by victory in, in that regard because okay think of all of the time and money it is to get to those things weighted tombow a nice place to train students to train with or people to train with right but the 15 20 little white fingerless mitts yeah if you're at the point of being able to do that but then you have no have an idea of what to do with them then yeah you're kind of defeated by your own you know resources you you're over resourced but under knowledge but also it's like if you're in a school where you have the superito on the wall but oh we never use them and that's a problem and i think that's a, that's an issue of both the teacher or the students or whatever malaise has fallen over the school well, this happens this happens a lot yeah and i mean you, know, you get back to, okay, I, I don't have the equipment, but I'm ready to learn this stuff. So that's a problem. Right. And then you have the other problem where I have the equipment. Nobody's willing to teach it to me. That's another problem, you know. Too much it, in two directions. Or it's, it's the wrong things in two directions. Right. And, I mean, nothing is ever just in time that works perfectly and i get it you know sometimes you get the resources ahead of time and i get it but the one with the subrito i mean there was dust on the subrito so they 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 were there for a while it wasn't like it was like okay last week we got this and we we're hoping to get training on it but i mean they've been there a while well and then it's it goes kind of into the sparring conversation i had with uh, raul a couple uh yeah it's over a year ago is that people get complacent they don't have the right people around them so it's either the students or the teachers and it's both you know they just kind of take the easy way out they don't know how to, to to get back into something and i think part of it is you don't have the need there you don't have that bad, you know, desire to, to do something. You've lost that desire to do something, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, that, that brings up a really good point. I'm, I'm going to kind of give a very interesting example. Yeah, and, it is. Uh, um, I was listening to uh, 
to an interview by um, uh, the lead singer of uh, Metallica two, three weeks ago. You know, and so, I mean, now, the other thing is, if you really want to train really, really hard, play some Metallica while you're training. I'm telling you, you're going to really up that intensity like 200-fold, I'm telling you. But anyway, that's, that's beside the point. But what do you I will to- not play, pay for licensed Metallica music at the end of this podcast. Jeremy, you're fronting me that money if you're going to make you want me to do that. No, no, I mean, each person take care of that as yourself. No, no. But anyway, um, but one of the things he mentioned was he he has problems going out on stage because, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, it was like everybody was against him. So they had this massive attitude to try to make it. And he goes, then they hit, they hit that one album and they said, yeah, we were, I mean, we were successful before that, but we just went through, I mean, it was just through the roof and, and that anger and that, that drive to drive you to, to get to that point kind of, stops and you don't know how to follow it and i think that's very true with your training i think once you hit a certain point i think that drive that drives you to whether it's hit a certain ring learn certain weapon learn certain techniques learn whatever it is you're really driving to learn it somewhat once you learn it, sometimes that part goes away. And and I think I think that gets to a point also with your training facilities, training partners, how you train, different things like that. So I mean, it's just kind of an analogy I'm kind of seeing. So well, you're I mean, you're absolutely right. And I think this is also where when a little bit we were talking about the history of and then kind of the cycles of karate, I think this is something that killed karate to a large degree. Because you have a lot of people who aren't hungry anymore. You have a lot of people who are like well off. You know, some people have said, like philosophy, martial arts is for the wealthy. It's, and when you have, you know, you have the people who are not so well off, they tend to try to work harder. They get hungrier. They try to work. They try to go towards a thing harder they don't know something they want to know you don't work harder more than than when you want something right than when you're you're kind of striving for it even to a degree need it yeah which is sad when people lose that interest in that and get into that complicity um complacency complacency yeah fact check me on this on the pronunciation but i think one way to kind of get around that is just to have some time to kind of recultivate training. Even if you have a really nice school, or even if you have a really, you know, only four walls and maybe a, maybe a roof, you need to be able to, to dig back in and see, oh, what, what, what about this was important? What about this is important? What is, what is, and I've had, and I've re, in recent years, I've, I've asked myself this question because of just trying to start schools or trying to figure out how to run a program and then trying to pitch it to people and even in my own training and it's what do i need what do i don't need what's necessary what's not necessary and you know time in life has shown me again and again that space can get cut but the training can't 
people can't get cut, but you can't cut what you do with people. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Where you where you find that point and then correct for that, as it were, is I think anyone's guess in terms of what you actually have and what's what you have around you. Well, I think to each person's different. Right. It can be anything. I I got a buddy of mine I went to college with. I mean, he got into the MMA circuits and all that kind of stuff. It, it got to the point where he he hit a wall. He was basically one fight away from going into the UFC, and it just he hit a wall. And once once he lost, it was just like he. He lost his drive to compete in it again, and he lost his drive to teach, and he lost a lot of that. So he had to really reinvent himself. From, I think. I mean, from, from what he really wanted out of everything. So. I think those moments, those moments are harder to come by when people aren't competitive. Especially when you're kind of sitting on a school or you're sitting on a program or you're, you know, just have people coming for lessons and whatnot or just training on your own. But I, that moment is better to come by, I feel, in that situation. It's also harder to come by when you can't, when, you don't, when you're missing a goal, when you're missing, you're missing something that you want to do and you want to achieve. And it's that lack of goal, it's that lack of, you're wanting to to make something better through what you're doing. I mean, yeah. it's just sad because just thinking about your school you're talking about with the Superito, you build up your your students in a, a much different way if you had just integrated that as even a five minute thing you do every night, right? Yeah, absolutely. As a, as opposed to just oh, it's something that's dusty in the wall. I remember my first experience getting a tumfa off a wall and then going back to the school that I normally trained in and I grabbed the tumfa and the handle fell off <laughs> because nobody had picked it up for like 15 years or like for like five, five, six years or whatever. Right. Yeah. And just the first time I'd actually really gotten into Kobodo beyond our knees. And I was like, wow, for years and years and years, I saw weapons on the wall. And I had the same experience. For years, I saw bows and sai and, and kama and tumfa on the wall. Never saw anyone demonstrate anything with them. Never saw anybody do anything with them. They were off limits. And then to suddenly like walk into a place where everyone, it, this is all flying off the walls. Yeah. It makes you feel like you actually can do something. Yeah. And then maybe you can create a goal from that and do something about it. if you don't have that you know i remember the moment i started putting weapons in people's hands i started putting a glove on people's hands and having them do like i'm not a great sparring guy. i will admit that very very plainly i'm not a great sparring guy i had one student before i left the states and she you know when we had the gloves and mitts and stuff like that she really got into it i can i kind of just figured out a couple things from karate what we could do with this yeah but I was never the boxing guy. I was never the sparring guy. And this person, this woman who had like a pretty bad physical ailment, found empowerment 
in using those gloves. You never, I don't want to say it's in the way that you use it, but it's in the way that you frame it and how you make it more, you just make it available. Just make it something you can do. Yeah. And I didn't have a place. We were just doing this in somebody's house. Your kid was yeah. on the couch watching SpongeBob while we were doing this. I guess that's better than me with some money. But anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> Not only did we make a night court reference, but we also made a Beavis and Butterhead reference. <laughs> we are making, we are hitting goals in this podcast today, Dan Jeremy. <laughs> I tell you what. Oh, oh man. But I guess there's maybe a, a way to think about what's a good way of getting out of this getting out of this rut position people who have too much than they know what to do with and then how do you go from being somebody who has a need to being able to get to those goals and not get into that rut because it's kind of in three different parts if you think of it that way you, you know i mean that's that's kind of a million dollar question i don't i don't have a real good answer for it other than you really have to put I don't know if I'd say discipline. I'd say, you know, I, I guess one word would be one way to put it would be policies and practice. Have have some type of routine to make sure that you're always looking at that. That's the only thing I can almost almost like almost like another guiding principle or something where you're really looking at that every single day, week, month, year. I mean, to say that I haven't fallen victim to that, yep, sure have. Absolutely, I've fallen victim to that. But I, I think it's definitely something interesting. I, I think part of it, part of this podcast is talking through it so that I don't fall into it again. Well, yeah, and I think the, the idea here is that, you know, we think about coming from the the place of need harder to give it give advice to in this regard or harder to even talk about a way of getting out of that other than saying do the things you need to do to get to where you need yeah whether that's getting to that space that you want or making do with what you have because you can do a lot with a little but we have the opposite end of doing little with a lot you know and, and and i think the other thing is is change the mindset from from strictly goal oriented, which there's nothing wrong with goals, to more journey oriented, to where it's like, yeah, you want to set goals, you want to set certain things that you definitely want to get out of things and stuff like that. Get it, got it. But look at it more from a journey perspective because how many people do you know, like? They, they train, train, train. I mean, they'll bust their rump to get to showdown. I got my black belt. As soon as they get their black belt and their certificate, Bye-bye. yeah, it's like it's like they win the FBI witness protection program. You never see these people again, ever. Right, and I think that's, that's an obvious one, especially on this podcast, which is kind of like. Yeah, I mean, it's a great thing, but, you know, at the end of the day, this is, this is kind of what ends up happening. But I think even even beyond that, like, you're right in saying you're always going, you always have to renew the journey. You have to go home. You have to kind of re-look re- at it. There's always a new journey. 
there's always a new road to go down and i think the i you're not every road is going to have the same experience and but then also it's like once you go down different roads you figure out well okay what if i go back down this road but i do it in a different way or what if i do it better this time around what if i figure out a different a better way to utilize lessons that i that i have right like if i had done I can't I can't imagine what it would have been like if I had just done the version of Kobido that I had seen at that school that literally had a Tompa fall off the handle. Then it, but if I had not had our niece prior to that, I don't know what my experience with Kobido would have been, what my view of Kobido would have been. Yeah. But I went down one road and then went into another with the kind of the Kobido that we're we're experienced. Yeah. And now I go back down to see other stuff and I'm like, oh, I can kind of apply both both to that and that's just from a learning perspective i remember i god it's it's from which something we probably are going to have to talk about sometimes our experiences opening and closing schools and programs i keep on i keep on baiting jeremy to get on this topic with me and he's like "Eh, um, we don't talk about that We will for content, damn it. Um, make it a Patreon exclusive only. Though. But the from a program perspective, it's like, okay, what can we do? Teaching perspective. All right. Didn't, that didn't work out. Why didn't work out? And then like, okay, well, this time it'll be different. This year it'll be different. This is a different class. This is a different group of people. And I, you're right in saying if we look at it from that journey perspective, not just the goal perspective. But you're right in saying the goals are great, but they're only but that perspective's limited. We can get to a better, much better place with just how we look at martial arts, how we look at at the journey of karate. Uh, I'm a little afraid of saying that because there's a different guy who does who uses this as a trademark or whatever. So yeah, no, we're not. No, not, not getting into that. I mean, it's just, I, I, I think it's mainly. We can start karaoke. Don't stop believing that. Man, you don't want me doing karaoke. Holy cow. Unless you want to laugh or cry. One or two. I think it is in the way that we teach. Because I think a lot of, you know, now that I really think about it, you look at, you look at instruction today. Oh, you have to meet these guidelines. 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 Well, who gives a crap about the damn guidelines? I mean, who's making are, some guidelines? I, I mean, there there are certain things you definitely have to learn along the way. I get it. I I, I go back to I, I don't know. I've I've really looked at some of this and you know with with my rental properties. I, sorry, I'm going off off tangent but i go back to what robert kurosaki said that in, in his book it's like why do people worry about performing at the minimum instead of trying to figure out what the maximum they can get out of it and i th- i think that's that gets into and and here's my point on this you have how many times have you been in class Somebody will say, uh, do, do Nahashi Shoda. And the first thing that comes out of somebody's mind, how many times do you want us to do it? And usually 
you the instructor falls on a trap, I'm guilty of this too, do that uh, five times, whatever. Instead of do it until I tell you not to do it anymore. How's that? And, there, and there's a difference. I think that's I think that's a lesson that we can really pick up on. I think that'll drive going more for more towards a journey as opposed to a goal. And I think when you say, oh, do it five times, that's a goal. If you do it so many times, do as many times you can do it, and I'll tell you when to stop. What are you going to get out of that? Don't know. I, I remember one time, not that it wasn't amount, it wasn't really the amount of times, but it was just changing people's orientation slightly, just making people like, because <laughs> they were so focused on one one end of the room or oh. the other end of the room, it was just getting them to do it in corners, getting them to realign themselves on angles and stuff like that. You talking and about like all right? You talking and, about? You talking about and, that? And, huh? Different time. Different thing. Different time. Okay. Different thing. But it was it was me and a, a friend of ours kind of got got that to happen and with a rather longer exercise and we we made the class sit through it and it was only four times it wasn't that long it was only four times but it was just this the class was just like what what were we doing <laughs> and I was just like There's something different mm-hmm. and just that that kind of shake up there because that was a place where we had. We had more than we needed and didn't have to do with it. And rushing, rush, rush through the curriculum without focusing on just the bare, your bare basics in that regard. That was one thing I felt that was at least helpful up to that time. I mean, the one thing I can say for the people who are in kind of the need section of all of this is that keep focused on those basics. And keep those and keep raising the standard for yourself, at least in the training, because as long as that's maintained. Then you're fine. Go to Planet Fitness, Planet Fitness is or like whatever these like cheapo gyms that are open these days. Mm-hmm. At least that's a space you can go to do stuff pretty much what, like whatever time. It's not like the greatest place in the world. Sure. And then you get your your broceps there at like in December and January and whatever. To those who are in too much want and not enough need, I would say you have to shake yourself to reevaluate where you're at. Because if you, especially if you have people under you or around you or who are depending on you or whatever, um, you are not doing them a service by not knowing where you are and not knowing where they're at. And this really got me thinking this week, some little separate, I was thinking about this with just teaching because I do it as a profession. If you walk into a classroom and you have don't know what you want to do, find out what you need to do. Yeah. Because I've seen neither happen and nothing get done. And True. it's so sad. So don't be that person who walks into a space with people and don't maybe you don't know what they need. Maybe you don't know what you want. But the the most important sense you can gain out of nope, not only being a teacher, but being somebody who's you know, a, a good demonstration of your abilities is your ability to understand what's going on with the, with others around you, and that's a great demonstration of your your abilities by understanding. Them. Yeah. I know that's maybe a little off the way from there. Yeah, I, I mean, personally, I think this is a good place to to wrap it up because, and I'll, I'll end on on this quote: 
And this comes from Robbie. And I remember he asked me one time, he goes, what do you think the mission of my school really is? You know, and I, I was young and stupid and didn't really quite grasp what he was really asking. And he said, this is my mission from my heart. And that is when somebody walks through that door, they are better off when they walk out of it than when they walked in, plain and simple. And so I, I think I think that's to each of us. We need to find that simplicity that speaks volumes to us to move forward. And to keep and to keep that always renewed. Yeah. Right. You can Absolutely. Always, you, and it, and it's tough to do that. It's not easy. We're not we're not sitting here saying it is. It's no. hard for it's just as hard for us. We're just kind of pointing it out. We're just, we're two dudes just kind of saying, hey, this is the thing. I mean, I, I mean, I, that's why I wanted to bring the topic up. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, and, and I'm I'm going to invite anybody and everybody to to comment on this because, you know what, I. I I want other ideas than what I've got. I don't know the answer to it, but I'm bringing it up, and this is kind of my thoughts, but I, I want more input. I, I'd love to hear other people because I'm, I'm not an expert on it by any means. Definitely. And I think we can all we can all share, like, different ideas, building, like, building a general community around this. Yeah. Hopefully within the next year or so we can get more back going, but. God knows where we're, where we'll be with all this nonsense that's going on. Yep. So cool. Cool. Jeremy, thank you for that. I actually do really appreciate you broaching that topic. And that. I, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's something we struggle with, and sometimes we don't even put a finger on what's going on, and it is what's going on. So, Jeremy, what are you wor- working on this week? More isometricata. Yeah, I really am. I, I think. I think I'm going to move more into uh, isometric weaponry this week. More psi, mondi, psi, you know, as much isometric as you can with those. But you can do more isometrics with psi than you can with mondi, psi, obviously. But be an interesting approach to be like mondi, psi, isometrics through each and yeah. every turn on the psi. You stop and you you kind of that, that would be. Pretty. That would be uh, stretching out those muscles on in your forearms to pretty much the extent they could be. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, some of the spins on those you just can't. You just can't really do it isometrically. Otherwise, it sticks and falls and puts a hole in your forearm. I'm not doing that. So, but needs versus wants, Jeremy. Needs versus wants. We need to do this so we don't want to put the hole, patch the hole in the floor, but we might need to make one. I don't need to put, spend money on the stupid floor when I got mice chewing up my stupid air conditioner at the freaking Lake of the Ozarks. So I, I need I need mouse poison to kill them, kill them all. As Jeremy uh, as Jeremy declares his murderous rampage against all vermin life, this is us at Karate Without Belts wishing everybody a happy Mountain Day, which is a real thing, by the way. Yeah. But we're about a week late, but happy Mountain Day, everyone. And good old bold. This is us signing off. I'm John. I'm Jeremy. Take care. Keep on training.
point of this time is just for me to put this in the stinger. And you know what? I'm just going to leave it in. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not editing this part out. I'm just going to leave this part in. Because this is the most annoying part about living here. And you know what? After today, I'm never going to have to edit this out. <laughs> that, is, that is staying in the podcast. I do not care. This is the last time I have to deal with this. Um, either, Jeremy, you get on earlier, or we just have to deal with it. All right. Sorry, man. <laughs> uh, if anything, the podcast is just used to vent our own frustration about life. Right? 